0: To the unofficial Disney Tonight Show podcast.
1: Please give it up for my good friend and your host, Mr. David Studebaker! Hey, hey!
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> wow, it's I, it, this is what a, what an introduction! Thank you, thank you, James. Thank you, Walt and Mickey. Big fans of the show, by the way, Walt and Mickey. They they love. They love our work here. Before we jump into everything, let me introduce my co-hosts, my, my co-producers. James Creviston, he's an amazing guy, filmmaker, comedian, screenwriter, uh, naval veteran, and uh, just father, all around wonderful guy. We have Luke LaCoy, my, my co-host, the man who helped birth this entire thing. Luke is a comedian, videographer, Uh, eBay empresario, which we'll hear about a little (laughs) bit later. As we've talked about in the Meet the Team, just one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life, but he's Canadian. So we haven't decided if he, maybe he's like, the meanest Canadian, because everyone there is so nice. But he's a really nice American, but he's a mean Canadian. We're kind of trying to figure that out, but he's a wonderful guy. We have Jake Taylor, he's a, he's a very talented young filmmaker. Many of the videos you'll be seeing, all the graphics, uh, all that kind of stuff that, that, that is made for this show, the fake movie trailers coming up, he did the graphic for that. Uh, and lent his his voice uh, and talent. So he's, a, he's an incredible guy. And then we have the great Hello There Mando. There may be some people who have no idea why she has a Boba Fett helmet on her head. Uh, it is, she is what we call in the business TikTok famous. She has tens of thousands of devoted followers on TikTok. She basically films comedy videos where she just has the Mandalorian helmet on and normal clothes. If you haven't seen it yet, there's a Meet the Team episode uh, that is out on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and all the other, the Zillion podcast. We're on all the podcasts. There's like 400 podcast apps. Uh, So uh, it's out there. So you can get an in-depth kind of introduction to all of these wonderful people on your screen uh, and some really tough stories of things that uh, Luke, James and I went through in hotels as we went to shoot things for David's Ark and go to film festivals and just real real sad experiences. So uh, definitely worth a listen. Before we get to our amazing special guest, we have a quick word from our sponsors. We don't have any outside sponsors, but we do have some wonderful sponsors from within the show. Take it away, Mando.
2: Are bounties not as exciting as they used to be? And are video games too becoming too boring? Well, I have the solution for you. Introducing the new book by David Studebaker, Lone Star Lands. This awesome and exciting book is everything a bounty hunter could want. You can read it while you wait to kill your next bounty. You can also use the book to kill your next bounty. Best of all, you can use this book to keep your face the way. You can order your copy today by going on Amazon and simply searching Lone Star Lance by David Studebaker. This book is approved by droids, the light side, the dark side, and Mandalorians
3: across the galaxy. The unofficial Disney Tonight Show is also sponsored by Luke's eBay account, username Luke Tizzle. Mr. Tizzle's items include an off-brand Tamagotchi heat in one mini pet, including a dinosaur, chicken, and crab. <laughs> a juicy couture, my heart belongs to juicy, necklace. <laughs> and a George Washington Carver collectible Hallmark doll. Relive history with George Washington Carver by your side.
1: <laughs> that is the worst. <laughs>
3: Find all of your favorite collectibles by searching Luke Tizzle or LaCoy collectibles on eBay. Now back to you, David.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. Did you mean (laughs) Luke Tipple? I like Did you mean Luke?
0: Luke Are a lot of people searching Luke Tipple? Also, can we see... Hey, Jake can we see uh look at look at (laughs) luke's profile picture look at that (laughs) handsome matinee idol like i i feel like they're gonna go to his ebay account it's it's like is this a is this a tinder or is this an ebay what's happening (laughs)
1: look
0: at that
1: with with that name though that's gotta that's gotta be a tinder name right luke tizzle is definitely a tinder name well and then luke to get Luke, the ladies. You,
0: you want to the tell lady. them why you're called Luke Tizzle and what happens when when customers contact you? So uh,
4: there's there's this year called uh, 2006 when I made the, the account and uh, Snoop Dogg was a thing. So, you know, every, every whistle was a Tizzle. Um, so that's where the name came from. But like, I, I haven't changed the name since. And so when people write me, they'll be like, Dear Mr. Tizzle. And that's how that's how they were how they talk to me. So like I you know, I'm fine. And then the the profile picture, I mean, come on, I'm selling juicy couture on the site. So I gotta yeah. you know, I gotta be That's professional.
0: true. one hundred percent positive feedback. So yeah. Mr. Tizzle is 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 killing it he's killing it
1: <laughs> i just want to go back and look at those items real quick like let's just start let's start at the beginning there jake first of all what is this right it's like a it's like a bad old mcdonald farms song right there mcdonald has has the chicken and the dog and the cat but then what he's got crabs have? and a dinosaur
4: and a butterfly all right it, yeah. so random
1: and then the next one is legitimately is listed as juicy couture my Which part
3: belongs to juicy that's what it's, it's like,
1: called right luke that's that's, the,
0: that's what it's
2: called that's the name you know, of it
0: you know what you know what i love about that too that is a necklace that was my wife's that uh, we just uploaded <laughs> because <laughs> like luke, which like he sells it. he does well on there so we had all this stuff that we were get rid of and we're like, hey, you want to <laughs> sell this? And, uh, and you know what, why not? Although seven ninety nine, I saw him on there for like thirty nine ninety nine. I thought we
1: were going oh! to be splitting seven
0: ninety nine after eBay takes them. Chuck, we're getting nothing.
1: Let's go to the
0: next one because it's supposed to well, be. no, hold on. On this one, this is actually genuinely fantastic. I will not have you slander the name of George Washington Carver, the <laughs> inventor of, of
1: peanut butter. But it looks like it looks like a Doctor Groot doll. Like that looks
0: yeah. like it should be <laughs>
1: Groot as a
3: doctor. It's, like it's
0: not the. It's not the. High highest quality just picture uh, that 19-
3: like next to you when you wake
0: up yeah. <laughs> now, who doesn't, that would, who doesn't terrify, want George that would Washington terrify Carver me. next to them when they wake up i i listen <laughs> in 9.99 that's a steal that, that is, is an absolute steal. steal but for everyone who subscribes to our youtube channel disney tonight show podcast and leaves a comment on one of the videos just saying subscribe you will be entered to win Uh, a Disney Tonight Show commemorative mug, but also the other grand prize will be one of those George Washington Carver (laughs) dolls. So, listen guys, we are, we're just going for
4: it, okay? It's from the uh, Famous Americans collection, 1979 series one.
0: And I I will say, Mr. Mr. Tizzle, you might, uh, like we're going into the, I don't see the chat box, I'm seeing things pop up. There are a lot of people wanting that doll so I mean this is your your sponsor I don't even you didn't even pay for the sponsorship but this sponsorship is working so I might have we might the show might have to charge you and then you can take a percentage back (laughs) but we'll work it out James James is our business guy he's got an MBA so James will figure that out he'll 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 crunch the numbers so we are gonna bring on our amazing special guest he was a Disney actor he was a Disney host but Why I really wanted him to be our first guest is he's worked both in front of the camera with Disney and he's worked behind the scenes. So he spent a good chunk of time as a casting coordinator for Disney um, until the coronavirus happened and then a lot of layoffs happened, but his heart will go on, uh, (laughs) but he is... But he's but he's done a ton of other great things. There's a lot. Even if you're even if you're here and you're not super interested in Disney, this is an interesting man. He's worked for the Academy Awards. He's been a stand-up comedian, and uh, he also worked um, at the most difficult Nordstrom in the country to work at. It is not me saying that. It is the executives saying that. And he worked in the hardest department in that store, which was <laughs> the men's underwear department. Uh, they sell other things, but it's a lot of underwear and then like watches and everything gets returned and it comes out of his paycheck. So if, he, if you can imagine, this is how tough that one is. I worked in kids shoes. I spent my whole day getting kicked in the face and farted on and spit on. And that was just by the parents. Uh, but that and, and that was easier than what he had to do down there. Uh, so he is a true warrior. He's amazing. Give a big unofficial Disney Tonight Show welcome to Justin Washington. Yeah. And we're Salesman of the Year. There he is. How's it going? Welcome in. And by the way, uh, one thing, one occupation, he, he didn't, I didn't tell you, he's also an air traffic controller. So, this is true. Um, he, he's using his headphones here. I'm doing uh, during COVID. And, yeah, he's, Pay he's the gotta bills. Do, it, do what it takes. Nice blazer, by the way, Justin. I, Thank I, uh, you.
4: I stole it from at, the Nordstrom that we worked at. Yeah, right. Uh, can yeah. they not going to take everything from me. Yeah, right? No,
0: exactly. My, my first question is I know, so you've been on Disney. You work for Disney. Your fiance actually works for Universal. Uh, this is true. And so oh. there's a little bit of you know little Hatfields yeah. and McCoys going on here. But are you a big Disney fan, or did oh, you yeah. just do a lot? Oh of yeah,
4: I am so big of a Disney fan that I just like a cartoon character and pulling out of my hat your shirt put onto a oh um, yeah there it is actual wow.
0: that is the oh, original map of
4: Disney yeah. original map of Disneyland. So. I just have these things randomly. So <laughs> I don't know if that explains uh, how I big of I think that a answers
0: the question. For those of you who don't know, if you work for the Disney company, uh, you get free tickets to Disneyland. So uh, that's something that, that you probably utilized at some I point. I utilized
4: or... that as much as I could until and, they closed the park. And... <laughs> yeah, and then the other
0: thing that he, you know, he, Justin knows, that was doubly heartbreaking. Is we, David's Ark, was we were in talks with Disney Plus. There was potential. We were, it was looking good like we were gonna be on Disney Plus. And Justin knows if you have your own show on Disney Plus, you never wait in line. You get like unlimited free tickets and you never wait in lines. They like, you get like a docent to walk you in, you get free stays at the nice hotels. I don't know if budget cuts in the future, if they're going to take that away, but that was like, I almost was like more sad about not getting the show made, losing that than like, you know, paying rent and the money that would have come and
4: all that. You could have provided for your family. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have been, what I really missed here was the ability to be in the front of a Disney line.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll start in the beginning. How did you get into acting and hosting and doing the whole, uh, hey, Justin Washington on Disney?
4: Yeah. Uh, so more, I started when I was 17 years old um, as a stand-up comic. It was one of those things that you just don't know what you want to be when you grow up. Everyone's got that question for you, and you say, I think I'm kind of funny. Uh, and so for me, my start was in high school. I was in an auditorium, and we had a stand-up comic uh, come to tell us some jokes, and he was just God, awful. (laughs) And so uh, he started getting heckled. And uh, my buddy uh, nudged me and said, you should do something about this, which is never advice that you should take uh, (laughs) in a crowd. (laughs) Hey,
0: listen, take care of this guy. All right. Take him out back. You should do (laughs) something about
4: this. (laughs) And so uh, he was getting heckled. Eventually, he said something along the lines of, if anyone think they could do better, Uh, I stood up. I went up. I told a story about Power Rangers and how they're all racially profiled. (laughs) <laughs> long story short, from the 90s, the that prior Rangers. Uh, and so long story short, uh, good crowd response, I, and I kind of fell in love with it. And so uh, at 17, you know, the world is your oyster. Uh, I went down, I had my dad drop me off at the Laugh Factory on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, I started, I just went on up and said, how does a guy become a comedian? And they told me about the world of open mics. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so for Laugh Factory, you wait, in line for like eight hours and you put your name in a raffle and uh, you just hope to get picked. And so um, I did that every Tuesday uh, that they had their open mic for about a month until uh, I got picked. And so, and I just started doing shows and uh, started meeting other comics and uh, started taking momentum, Uh, eventually started getting paid, got an agent. Um, My agent started putting me out for Disney uh, and so Disney Channel has uh something called what uh interrestrials, which is I'm sure you probably remember uh in between uh in, in, interstitials, shows. interstitials, Sorry, interstitials. I was like, whoa, we're Luke getting some aliens <laughs> on there. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, Luke has the ET yeah. thing, so I understand yeah. he's got the ET shirt on in the background, so I understand why. You know, although I think there are interterrestrials are interstitials that are filmed uh, on other true. planets. So it, I, I, you're right. I'm wrong. I apologize.
4: No, I, I didn't even know what the, per- I never tried to pronounce it. What just happened <laughs> has always been what happened. Someone stops me very quickly and tries to explain to me what, what inter- <laughs> interstitial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, there's a book uh, series that they did that I always went out for uh, called Disney's kingdom keepers is what it was uh so what that is is basically a bunch of stories about what if you were locked in the theme parks overnight um so it's about a bunch of kids uh you can look it up more about that and with my job uh was to uh basically talk about the book uh, on top of that uh, they did for the Disney dream, which was a cruise liner that they were doing at the time uh, they had released. And uh, my job was to basically go around and say, Hey everybody, welcome to the Disney's dream. And just be as over the top as possible. Uh, and then they'd always tell me, all right, Justin, bring it back, bring it back. Uh, and then you just do the same lines over and over and over again. And David is right. It did not pay well. Uh, so it's it a is not
0: it is shocking. I the 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 non union television gigs, because I've done some of them, yeah. like they, they'll they'll hit you up, like, you got the gig. You're like, wow, I'm gonna be on a cable channel. This yeah. is exciting. And then you're like, is there a zero missing? Where what is happening here? And
4: they never even used it also, which was the icing on the cake for that. And so you're just watching Disney Channel every day trying to figure it out, and it's just like <laughs> Okay. They, tricked
1: you. they tricked you into being a, a viewer. That's how they did it's it. Basically- <laughs> yeah, that's
4: how they do it for a lot of people, actually. You just see a long line in Burbank of viewers. <laughs> so um, sure, it's
0: their marketing, guerrilla marketing. So
4: that's kind of more so how I got in
0: front of the camera. Back to the stand-up thing. When he says he started stand-up at 17, I don't know for some of the people listening or watching if you understand how daunting that is, I think people do, but it's gotten less of a novelty now. So, Justin, how old are you again? You're you're around. I'm my 29. Age, right? Yeah, I'm, 29. I'm Okay, 30, so you're a couple so, yeah. years younger than me. When because I started stand up when I was 18, and at the time, at least in San Francisco, now in LA it may be different, but in San Francisco at the time it was like a complete novelty. Like there was myself and then. Two other teenage comedians yeah. in the entire comedy yeah. scene. And so, and at least for me, we got bullied a lot. We were, it oh, yeah. was like, it was really yeah. not a comfortable experience. And that was also, I started in 2008. I mean, social media was there, but it wasn't quite yeah. what it is now, where like literally everyone is a broadcaster yep. or is on stage or does something. So yeah. there, that takes uh, a, a extra bravery, and at seventeen is even even though it's a year apart, seventeen is a big difference than eighteen.
4: That, along with you know, my shtick was kind of like hey here's the young guy uh, telling us about what it's like to be in high school and getting his driver's license and all those (laughs) kind of stories and then up next a homeless man telling us about what it's like to be homeless. I
0: mean people who watch stand-up on tv there are some like dirtier specials but in the actual clubs there are things where like you get subjected to things where like I'm an adult male and there's things that I'm hearing where I'm like I, like I I need like a shower, like I yeah. need like an emotional, yeah. spiritual <laughs> <Yeah>. shower after <laughs> what I just heard. And on some of the shows, especially in L.A., sometimes there'll be like 20 comedians on the show and you're just it's like you have PTSD at the end of one show because you've just been mainlining just, you know, filth just- for Two and a Still. half hours, but
4: and, and that's how it is when you're when you're starting out in the beginning. Because in the beginning, you're just trying to get anything, and, and then uh, you know as you kind of start going along, and David knows this. Uh, as long as you start. Uh, further out in your career you start getting paid and you start getting asked to do shows that are not called bringers where a bringer which i'm sure you guys already know um is where you can you trick 10 friends into thinking that you're doing your own stand comedy show (laughs) and then each one comes down and waits for their 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 time to watch their friend uh one of the 30 comedians going on stage and they are subjected to all the filth and then it's like all right mom here's my time (laughs) yeah well
0: and it truly it is it is tough and and it really kind of hurts other shows that yeah. that put on a good product so like when yeah. i started i had an older comic you know whisper in my ear don't do those shows just start your own so i just started my own Smart. shows but what happens is Anyone who's ever been to one of those shows, for the rest of their lives, if someone says, hey, can you come to my comedy show? Unless it's like Jerry Seinfeld, they're like, yeah, can I just yeah. pay you not to have me come? <laughs> uh, Here's what so, the ticket would have cost. Let me just give yeah, you- <laughs> At a certain point you stopped doing standup yeah. and you stopped, were you, were you still acting when you stopped doing stand-up? or did you like, cause you transitioned to working behind the scenes. So kind of at what point did you- sure. Kind of decide, you know what? I'd rather be working behind the scenes than in front of the camera.
4: It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. It's a great question. Uh, <laughs> about me. So for me, I did stand up for roughly seven seven years, uh, along with acting. Um, and so for me, I think I remember I was. And I, I live in the valley, first off. And so a lot of the auditions take place over the hill. So you're, for me, it's driving about 40 minutes for a five minute uh, audition that is about Pizza Hut. And they're saying, they don't even look at you. They just kind of, they're looking at the things. All right, thanks. And so um, you put a lot of work into it. And so any want, almost, when I say want to be actor, I don't mean like a want to be actor. I mean like someone that's actually trying to do this for a living. Um, they put a lot of work into it and they don't always see a return anytime soon. You have to really want it. And I think for me, I recognize that I didn't want it that bad. And so, um, and again, I, I have nothing against anyone that wants to do stand up as a career as in like that, that pays the bills or they want to be an actor and they want that to pay the bills. But as long as you recognize what the sacrifice is, is, it's a lot, there's a lot of things in life it, it, that you can't it's, really not, do. It's,
0: not, it's not glamorous as, as no. someone who, uh, who does uh, pay the bills with the old stand-up. it's a lot of, until you're like really famous, it's a lot of like, you know that high school gig Justin was talking about? I had, <laughs> had to do a high school gig where I drove from Los Angeles to Modesto and back all in one night uh, for, to perform at a prom uh, for a small high school. Uh, So things like that, where you're just, it's very just soul crushing and a lot, I'm like basically a truck driver who stops and tells jokes occasionally. (laughs) So it really does like the grind, I mean, I've been doing it over, over 10 years and it's just an absolute grind. So, yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot. And again, for me, uh, I didn't mind. I was still young when I was doing it. Uh, However, I, it came to a point where I was dating this girl. And her dad asked me, he said, so how do you plan on providing for my daughter? And that's when the light bulb kind of clicked. I was like, oh, I, I got to find something that I can explain to somebody else on this. He was like, "He was coming. like, let's yeah. see, yeah.
0: stand up or women? I don't <laughs> I, I'm gonna go women. I think that's gonna win.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, not necessarily just that, but even for myself, I said, you know, I think I feel more comfortable trusting that I'm getting a good chunk of change, but while I'm still doing something that's close to what I love. And, and for me, I came to the conclusion that I love entertainment uh, at the end of the day. And so whatever that facet looks like that I get to participate in. And so I've always just used the skills that I have to be able to be a part of this great industry. So in the beginning, being an actor and a comic, um, even though most of my stuff you can't even find anymore, (laughs) um, (laughs) unless you do a YouTube deep dive. Uh, I love that so much. But for me, yeah, I I recognized that I needed to make some type of transition. So I figured, okay, college is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a hard skill somehow, some way. So I studied uh, media management, um, so which is the business side of the entertainment industry at Cal State Northridge. What that is exactly is uh, basically how does box office numbers work? Um, how do television ratings work? Uh, what was really cool about that, a lot of my classes were actually on studio lots. So um, I had a business executive class um, on the uh, CBS Radford lot where we had executives come in one after the other every week and kind of explain to us kind of the nuts and bolts of uh, hey if you have a tv pilot and you want to see that show get successful here's what the the nitty-gritty looks like uh on the back end for that And what's funny is that you go to college and you just assume that you're just going to get a job right afterwards but i picked one of the most difficult industries to try to get a job in (laughs) so i'm thinking oh there surely will be (laughs) some magical website that I'll just apply to a job and then that'll happen. And, uh, no. So I tried getting a job while I was in college, trying to figure out, okay, I'll just try to get an internship at like Disney or Fox or Warner brothers. And, and then I'll just work my way up, um, somehow, some way, uh, no dice. There's a bajillion people trying to do the same thing. So, uh, you got to get kind of creative and, um, you, I had to work for free actually in the very beginning. So I worked for in product placement, which is, um, Whenever you see uh, a brand on on television, you know, see a Coke can or something like that. And so it was an assistant job um, branding company that basically kind of told a big lie to a lot of advertisers saying, like, we'll get your stuff on big TV shows. And then what they would do is that they would uh, basically whenever they'd see a TV show that had someone's brand, they say, we did that. So I didn't recognize that that's what was going on. So <laughs> one day I was like, wait a minute. You know, I'm also not getting paid, <laughs> you know. You're like, Ma,
0: I'm working in the entertainment industry. Yeah, we have, what are you doing? ponzi schemes uh, (laughs) and i'm not getting paid for them but hey (laughs) i'm working
4: but what was cool about that job is uh they actually did have some like celebrity events that uh where they would try to convince the celebrities that if they wanted to get sponsored or something like that and so uh that was the first time that i was like oh i'm actually in the business here's uh you know who was somebody i met like uh de la hoya uh the boxer um was there and we're trying to ask him if he wants to be a part of some type of avocado company (laughs) so (laughs) where you're just like this is weird but you know showbiz (laughs) so so that that's that was like the first gig but i didn't really get into the business Uh, i was a waiter uh during that time also and i had a um a, a regular who was a talent manager and uh i just picked his brain every time he came in and eventually uh he said like hey listen like uh my assistant is going to quit. I was curious if that's something you'd be interested in. And so, and that was when I really got my foot in the door into like the next level of entertainment. So the way I kind of view it is you have different tiers. You've got the very first tier, which is those mom and pop type companies and those random uh, agencies that are, um, what's the word for it? Uh, you've Boutique. got the second tier. Bo- there you go, boutique. Thank you. Uh, that's why, boutique. David, you're the you're making the big money. <laughs> hey, you know <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, and then you got the second tier, which is where you've got uh, legitimate agencies that are doing actual work. Uh, and then you've got the third tier, which I like to see it as, which is the studios, uh, along with uh, the top five agencies like CAA, um, ICM, uh, UTA, uh, and all those guys. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I where I got my start uh, to kind of getting in behind the camera and so and it's kind of been a grind uh, ever since
0: james wow. did you have something earlier i i saw you you want to jump in
1: i had so i don't even remember anymore Justin, live has so tv many, baby so live so TV, many, so many amazing is, stories I, you
0: know what guys you, my co-hosts are the wind beneath my wings i just you know they're
1: <laughs> <laughs> here's 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 the thing though you have to you have to remember J- justin's honestly man i have to give you props you went from doing stand-up to selling you know Hucking fake uh stuff on TV, <laughs> to getting swindled in college, to finally selling underwear. I mean, you you done the hardest stuff possible. And I imagine if you win underwear guy of the month, it's the undies. Is that what the that it award is? is? How undies? did you know? I, <laughs> David, did you tell him? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't.
4: So. you have to it's a more of a crown is what it is it's oh undies, they put it on the head <laughs> <laughs> the and,
1: and, and what's and what's the deal with mixing underwear and watches those are two things that don't seem to go together
0: <laughs> it's a Man, long story wait, we'll, we'll we'll get to, we'll get to that later it's called men's furnishings so basically any like no item furniture. that's not normal clothes <laughs> yeah no uh, furniture. yeah so yeah with no furniture i do want you to transition and talk a little bit about your experience with the Academy Awards because oh, sure. it was both like amazing and also like Justin you want to talk about fortitude and perseverance this guy I think you're maybe your experience is a stand-up maybe it's innate or maybe it's your experience as a stand-up comedian because as a comedian you have to just take so many punches in the gut <laughs> and keep going but Justin is like the most resilient human uh in the industry that I've met so to talk a little bit about you know the Academy Awards working sure. for them and what happened there.
4: The ninetieth Oscars is uh, mm-hmm. the one that I worked on, and so I was an awards coordinator. So my job was when people wanted to go to the Oscars. Uh, when I say people, I mean studios. So let's say you won an, you you just got nominated for an Oscar, and you work at Netflix, and you're saying, "Oh my gosh, our movie at Netflix just got nominated." I'm going to go and I'm going to bring my friends, my family. I want 50 plus tickets or what have you. Who do I talk to? There's a guy named Justin that I'm supposed to call. (laughs) I'm going to tell him about how this means so much to me and how uh, I can't live unless I get to go. And then my job is to basically tell you like, hey, congrats on your nomination. However, you get Four tickets. <laughs> and, so, uh, and if you're, you're very basically, famous, you were essentially a yeah. bouncer.
0: You were essentially a bouncer. You were an Academy <laughs> Awards bouncer.
4: Yeah. I had a list basically of anyone that we could give some wiggle room to. And I've got agents and publicists and managers who are shouting at me about how their client needs to get Do in. You know who I am. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was what i did in the office for for the oscars um but on the ground floor my job was basically being a representative for the academy and so um i basically walked around on the red carpet and uh if there was any issues where someone was like we don't know what to do they turned to me and i'd say well i don't know what to do and then i turn to somebody else <laughs> no um, i don't know so, what to do. yeah, I, I, no, well, I mean I kind of hung out a little bit more towards uh, the front. So what happens at the Oscars is uh, your limo pulls up, you know, you step out, everyone takes your photos, uh, and then you start going through security. So there's multiple different lines for security. So you have your A-listers, they get their own security line, uh, which is really cool because that line actually gets backed up. There's so many celebrities in just (laughs) one line. So if you just take a second and gander at the line, you're like, okay, Steven Spielberg, uh, you've got, you know- It's true. I've
0: I've been in one of those lines. I haven't walked a lot of red carpets, but I have done a a few. And I've been on one of those where I'm in the line and the one I was in, it was uh, Kim Basinger was in front of me. Moby was behind me, Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. Uh, and someone else famous, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, but we were, and there was a, and then there was a long line of more Frank Stallone a lot. It was just like a long line. And then, but you're waiting in line. And there, there was like entertainment tonight and all those. And they're going to ask each person. And when they had me go the, on the red carpet, I'm like, why are you, why am I like, why am I in this group? I don't know, like no one wants, they don't want to talk to me. And so like the photographers did, cause they make money. Like if anyone uses the picture they took of me at some point, they make money. But like, I was waiting in that line. It was fun to talk to each one of them with, you know, I was waiting with, but then I got to entertainment tonight And they're like, "Mm, no, Uh, you can keep, we can, let's keep (laughs) the line going.
4: David, Um, like the car. Yeah, but you
0: you think of the red carpet as being glamorous, but it actually like, it is a lot of like, just standing around and you'd be surprised how long celebrities will stand around just to get their moment in the sun.
4: Oh yeah, and it's for me, it was uh, one of those things where I would look at someone and I'd say, where do I know you from? And then I'm thinking, Oh, (laughs) stupid. It's everything. Yeah. (laughs) um, George Clooney, (laughs) George Clooney. (laughs) What I did is I kind of supervised the press line. So what that means is that, um, if you got a guy walking who just won an Oscar, we have the press kind of like in a small little group that we've got like a velvet rope around them. So like, they're not allowed to leave that little circle. And, uh, I basically, we basically see if the talent wanted to do any interviews. And so, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, for that one had just won for his documentary that he did. And I actually knew Kobe's publicist from a previous job I'd worked for, worked at before. So I asked her, I was like, hey, does Kobe want to do uh, any press? And it was, no, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> and then I turned to a bunch you- of very hungry you know, publicists and uh, like announcers and it's like, Not going to do it. I know. No,
0: (laughs) I I had that. So I had that experience where Kim Basinger was right in front of me, and the ET guy wanted to talk to her, and she didn't want to talk. And then I popped in. I was like, "Well, I'll talk to you." And he, and then he gave me this look of like he wanted to kill me. Uh, but yeah, no, that is it is it's so awkward when they don't want to like. And I get it, especially like Kim Basinger. She doesn't need to be you know chatting on this thing or Kobe. But it, it's it's so awkward to be in your position and the publicist position.
4: Yeah, the most awkward thing for me though is uh, I kept on getting text messages from friends saying, "Hey, you're on TV," and then I I didn't realize it, but I'm standing in such a way where once they're interviewing somebody, uh, I'm right over their shoulder. And I had no clue I was on camera. And I've got the dumbest facial expressions uh, (laughs) that you could even think of. And so... Everyone, when I got back to the office, said, "Hey, I saw you last night. You look very lost." <laughs> very. <confused. laughs> Meanwhile, what they don't see off camera is I'm thinking, "Okay, who is actually famous and who's yeah. not?" Everyone's wearing a tuxedo.
0: You're just, you're just like
4: wandering around like yeah. the guy who
0: doesn't know. Yeah. Oh my God, that's
4: hilarious. Bumping yeah.
0: into things. Yeah, because and... people
4: pass their Oscar off, and it's just kind of like, uh, "Okay, well that guy actually just won for Best Sound, and so he's not doesn't have his face on a billboard all the time, so you don't always know." who's who and so um i had the brilliant idea of having a a, a sheet on an ipad of uh the who's who in the zoo and uh it was almost helpful but (laughs) not really
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna go to our next commercial break a message from another one of our sponsors a an upcoming film
5: this january david studebaker stars in the hallmark movie event of the century captain america winter wonderland a timeless love story of one superhero's journey to find love in a small New Hampshire town. After saving the world, Steve Rogers must face his biggest challenge yet. Winning the heart of his fiercest competitor in the town's annual banking competition.
2: Your cake will never beat mine, Rogers.
5: Considering
0: your father is judging the competition, yeah, I'd agree.
2: My father has nothing to do with it. I'm going to win fair and square. Oh yeah? Yeah, it takes more than big muscles to bake a great cake, Hotshot.
0: Okay, fair. But what does it take to be your
5: man?
2: You just want the key to my secret recipe.
5: No, Mandy. The only key I want is the one to your heart. As their love heats up like an oven, a dark family secret threatens to tear them apart.
2: What's wrong?
5: I don't want to talk about it.
2: Steve, drop that shield from your heart. What is going on?
0: You should have told me about your dad's past.
2: I didn't think it mattered.
0: How could you not think it mattered? He was a senior officer with HYDRA.
5: As the snow falls on the town of Littleton, will Steve be able to forgive past sins? Or will their love burn in the flames of HYDRA?
2: Please, just talk to him. He's changed.
5: Fine, but only because I love you. Look, I know
0: we've had our differences, but I love your daughter and I want to marry
1: her. You'll never marry my daughter, Rogers. Cake tastes like sawdust. How dare you!
5: <coughs> no one disrespects my cake. Tune in January 29th as our captain fights for romance in the greatest love story in the history of the Hallmark Cinematic Universe Captain America Winter Wonderland. Thank you. Fabulous. That's going to win. And this and this is, that's going to win the Oscar. Oscar wins.
0: It. You know, yeah, I'll be seeing you at the Oscars, Justin. That one, uh, it's good. I will say, uh, Mando uh, voiced the role of Mandy, uh, and I feel for her because her biggest celebrity crush is Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. And she had to to play a part, uh, you know, her, the, the on-screen world. lover has to be off-brand Captain America. Uh, Also shout out to Jake for that uh, narration there. Uh, His voice, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Dragon Ball Z, but he sounded exactly like the Dragon Ball Z uh, narrator and it was amazing. Uh, I'm amazed he still has a voice. And I also love... Uh, James, who is a naval veteran, trained uh, cage fighter, that's the only time in the history I'll ever be able to beat him up. So uh, (laughs) that was the only, that does remind me though, and Justin, you know this from working in the industry, it's always so funny when you know some of these actors who play like superheroes or whatever, and you see them like beating up a stunt person, and you're like, that stunt person could kill, and actually, they did that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where they showed like you know uh, Bruce Brad Lee. Pitt fighting Bruce Lee, like James when he was younger, like he was like a like a legitimate fighter. And you know, I'm me, but like if I'm starring in that movie, like I'd just be like you know tossing him around, and that's got to be so frustrating for those stunt people. Like really, I gotta I, I gotta be beaten up by David Studebaker? That's ridiculous.
1: So,
0: uh, so many times. You like, you were doing a great job, you had a great job, and then do two things outside your control. You or sometimes because you did too good of a job, you got laid off.
4: Entertainment's one of those funny industries where it's usually project based. And so, uh, what that looks like is you could be working on a TV show and it's like, we're doing great. It's like, you might think you did a great job, but your show just got canceled. And so, you're like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, I kind of learned that um, the hard way um, just from, uh, I mean, my mindset on work is like most people where, you know, you go to your job and you do a great job and you advance and things are doing well. But, um, a lot of opportunities that I've had, um, have usually turned into, uh, okay, we're kind of dependent on things going well outside of our control. So, um, a lot of companies also, what they do is they hire people on contracts as well because they know this. And so the Oscars kind of does the same thing. So, uh, they'll hire you, but they'll put you on, like a tentative contract where uh, they'll let you know, like, Hey, so just so you know, We'll guarantee you three months. However, um, if you know our budget isn't doing well, so the Oscars is a nonprofit company, by the way. I mean, they get their money through donors and all that kind of stuff. So um, they're also still financially conscious. Hit the summertime, and we're just kind of both realizing like there's not enough work to do here. So that's one example, like for the Oscars. And I've worked in agencies where um, we'll have a client that will drop out, and then that client was actually a big part of our bread and butter and then layoffs will start to happen. And so um, I've kind of had a failing upwards type of trajectory in a, in a weird way. I've been trying to get my hands on the studio side for a long time and Disney had always been uh, bringing it back full circle to why we are even here. uh, Disney had always been my goal, uh, but that was always like hamburger hill. There's no way you're getting up there unless you absolutely know somebody. Um, I got a phone call just out of the blue asking if I'd, interview for casting uh, basically and so And I said, sure. And, uh, you know, I I met with someone and they said, hey, I I know someone that used to work with. And they said that uh, you're a great guy and just wanted to to hear your story. And a lot of people just kind of their jaw drops a little bit saying, and you're still doing this? (laughs) You know, just because there's all kinds of things (laughs) just kind of the door just kind of, or the the rug kind of just gets uh, pulled from underneath you and you just got to keep going. And so- And then uh, with Disney,
0: I mean, the ultimate heartbreak is you bounced around, you did all this, and there was that chunk of time in the middle where you were- you were at Nordstrom and we, you know, we were both talking and I was like, hang in there. You're amazing. You're going to do it. And you did, you get that job in casting at Disney. You were doing great. Honestly, you were like doing the job of other people too. You were helping out like alcoholics who weren't even working when they were there and COVID hits basically almost all of the
4: contract employees were laid off. So I had a two year contract. I was a year and a half into my, my uh my contract and uh things were going great and covid happened and like a lot of people it's just kind of a what's really happening here um so i kind of was the guy that decided i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay at the office and stay at the lot so empty studio i I remember
0: that picture you posted where you were you did a video where you were in the uh, like you were in the executive office or in the abc building and you're just like panning around and it's like you're alone in the entire
4: Yeah, it's kind of like nothing I've ever experienced where uh, I decided I'm going to enjoy this as much as I can. So I parked in like Mike Iger's spot. <laughs> you know, I or, you know, like uh, just just uh, Bob Iger. Bob, box, Iger. Yeah, Bob Iger. Sorry. Uh, oh, i Mike. But, Mike Iger's uh, his, his brother. That's his, his Mike, cousin. That, that was the spot. He I parked a, in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he owns a dry
0: cleaners uh, in Burbank <laughs> <Yeah>. nearby. <Bob. laughs> yeah.
4: So, yeah. So, you know, you're checking out all the, the hidden spots and so uh, around the studio and so because no one's really there. Security doesn't care about anything at that time and so um uh, at least that's what the, the like march 20th that week that was and so uh and then eventually you know i was on a conference call my boss said uh, hey can you and uh so and so hop off onto the other call I said, okay and that's when they started letting us know like hey there's gonna be a ton of layoffs coming our way and um unfortunately uh the studio's killing all contractors first and so uh, it was devastating for sure you know and uh still out here you know uh waiting for the call to come back. And so, because I got such a good relationship over at the studio, um, I'm kind of just waiting by the phone uh, for things, the lights to turn back on, if you would. Kind of meeting uh, with a few other people too. I just met well, with Netflix. And, uh, yeah,
0: you know. so that, I wanted to get to that in a second. Uh, but sure. before I do, Luke, by the way, you've been interrupting me the whole show. So can you please, I mean, it's, I can't even get a word in edgewise. <laughs> so just relax. I mean, if you, uh, but if but I wanna, before I ask my question on that, does anyone, any of anyone else, want to jump in with something? Great. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm doing such a good job. I, I'm asking. I'm no, reading it's, their it's, minds. It's interesting. It is very interesting. Go uh, ahead. Mando. Mando
4: yeah. has something. Mando has something.
3: Who was the most famous person you ever met?
4: Adam Sandler is one of my favorite uh, people that I've met. Uh, he's very down to earth. Uh, very. Uh, what you see is what you get kind of mm-hmm. guy. So he's the kind of guy that would wear shorts and uh, a shirt <laughs> uh, to an award show. Um, he seems
3: good. like a chill dude.
4: Yeah, I, I I get that question every once in a while. And uh, Sandler always pops up just because uh, I, my brain goes to not necessarily who's famous, but who's the most enjoyable that has clout would. Mm-hmm. wood. Uh, Sandler yeah. was definitely one. And uh, does anyone know who Kiefer Sutherland is? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Jack Bauer from 24. Yeah. Um, amazing guy uh amazing guy and so he's another guy that uh, i talked with and so it's funny that uh i met more celebrities i I, and had long conversations when i was a waiter uh believe it or not (laughs) uh, (laughs) than working uh behind the camera and actually representing them and so um because when you're a waiter they're kind of like ah let me sit down let me tell you about what it's like being me (laughs) and so um when i was a waiter over uh flemings and woodland hills um we had uh we have a bunch of private rooms and, uh, I had a party. I didn't know who it was. And, uh, you know, I, I go back there and it's, it's Sandler and he has all his kids. And, um, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I I said, you know, go up to him and I say, Hey, you know, like, when do you guys want to order? And, uh, he actually puts his arm around me and says like, Hey man, you're doing a great job. And I was like, we haven't done anything here. Uh, so, so, uh, just very kind. And so I, I go back, uh, into the room and he's got little kids, uh, like almost toddlers at the time. And uh, I actually knock one over. And, uh, oh my God. And, and I realize I am screwed. <laughs> I just knocked over Sandler's kid, and uh, and the kid's starting to cry, and I'm like, "This is oh, it." Oh no! Oh <laughs> uh, God. my uh, God! <laughs> and uh, you know, he walks up to me, and and, uh, and I'm like, "Do I touch this kid to help them up, or do I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just,
0: child? just <laughs> knock him over and keep on walking?" Yeah, yeah. And he
4: goes, "Listen, man, I do it all the time." <laughs> and, so and, and just other conversations, you know that. We had just throughout the night but uh, yeah when I think of celebrities and um, more meaningful times uh, that would that's a, a story that kind of sticks in my mind.
0: So just to kind of wrap up your journey Justin has been basically interviewing and meeting with universe NBC Universal. Since like I've known him, like I feel he's been like in callbacks like for for uh, a job there like forever. You had it, was it NBC or was it HBO? Where you had that NBC. timer
4: and they didn't tell it was NBC. For anyone that's interviewed at a major studio uh, or anywhere really, they do it multiple ways. Where you know a recruiter will call you and they basically prove that you're not crazy, and then they pass you on over to uh, the hiring manager. So. What NBC did is they said, well, we don't want to have that 10-minute, this guy's crazy or not conversation. We're just going to send him a link, and he's going to have to record himself answering questions um, within a, an allotted time. So they basically said, okay, you've got 30 seconds to tell us, and you see the the timer in the corner, and you're filming yourself. And it's basically, okay, uh, how do you do with confrontation? Go. And you're like, how do you do with confrontation? Uh, <laughs> good, bad, no, uh, please hire me.
0: <laughs> and, and, you didn't, and you didn't, you didn't know going in that there'd be this timer. So it's like, you're, it's no. already nerve wracking being in this, in this situation you're filming yourself. And then you have this like bat bat 10, like a shot clock, like five, four, tell us how you're doing with conflict Two. What's your biggest flaw? What and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why are you good so, for upper management? Go. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> it just seems horrifying.
4: Yeah. So the interview that I tanked was with HBO because HBO did the same thing and I was not ready at all for that. (laughs) Okay.
0: So it was HBO where you had that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So NBC, uh, I could see that, that coming a mile away. And I said to myself, okay, I'm not going to even play the game. I'm going to try to do something completely different. So I basically said, took the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm on camera. I'm going to do the Justin show almost. So I basically had a, a swivel chair with uh my back facing the camera and i started it and it's basically like how do you do with confrontation 30 seconds so i'm not even gonna answer that and so i had a the nbc theme song the the chimes uh basically play on uh and i just turned around and said oh hello i'm just <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
4: so uh and i just kind of went for it and so every time then they 30 seconds to be up another question i'd just do it another pitch about myself and uh actually got a phone call for it and i'm actually currently interviewing for <laughs> that job right now nice Congra- and, uh,
0: congratulations no. although i don't guys don't cheer for him yet okay i've justin and i have had this conversation about mbc for years yeah uh,
4: for uh, yeah, almost, I,
0: they they just call him every day. Be, every day they come like, "You're almost there. You're almost there. Just give yeah. him another ten years." I had what was talking
4: about is um, I had originally interviewed a while ago for for a job there, and um, they base it. It was very entry level. It was like an assistant to somebody. And they had me meet almost everybody that worked at the entire building. Uh, oh. So, okay, so now you're gonna talk to the New York office and then, okay, now you're gonna talk to this guy. And it was about three to five months of meetings. And uh, I couldn't wrap my head on, around why, why, it's not like I'm handling anything <laughs> that crazy. And, um, eventually they were like, unfortunately, we're not going to go with you, but there's another guy that we think you do really well with. So if you could hang. So that's what Dave was talking about when he's saying that, you know, I've been passed around and they're kind of somebody that I've put on the back burner. Cause it's like, all right. So if something happens, something happens. They're like, I'm we gonna, need you to meet yeah. with our Dubai office. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, during my maybe... funeral, they'll, it's like, who are those yeah. guys? Those are the NBC execs that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wanted to back in 2015. <laughs> yeah. No, it is, then it you is magically
3: funny. come back to life for the job. Yeah, it's like,
4: oh, thank God! Like, oh, we think you were serious.
0: I got it. Yeah, Pharaoh style. With the...
4: Let's
1: hit him with yeah. the tough stuff. Let's hit him with the tough okay, stuff. Okay,
0: here, here comes the tough stuff. Uh, tough. So. I, if anyone is familiar with the show Inside the Actors Studio, rest in peace, James Lipton, uh true American hero, he would do the PIVO questions at the end. So like, what turns you on? What's your favorite word? <laughs> Stuff like we're not that. Gonna ask uh, yeah, we're not going to ask you what turns <laughs> you on. We are just going to ask you some Disney PIVO questions. Sure. Uh, so, uh, and then we're going to do those. And then you know what, this has been so much fun. We're gonna do all of your Q and A from our amazing live audience. We're gonna do that in the after party. Uh, So let me just warn you, Justin, James is gonna do his best to hold back. Cause the thing is with James Creviston, uh, his opinions are facts. So whatever James thinks is the right answer to this is the right answer. And he'll give you some chin music if you get it wrong, but he's gonna be nice. He won't, with me, he'll come at me pretty strong. With you, I think he'll be nice, but you know, okay. the after party, he may come at you. It's a little more no holds barred in the after party. So <laughs> just be warned. Okay. It's all out of love though. <laughs> All right, so uh, in your opinion, what is the funniest Disney animated film? Funniest, uh, Monsters Inc. Would have to be that's the that's funniest. Pixar. That's See, Pixar. right off the bat. James is coming at you. <laughs> there right. we so, go. <laughs> I got I got I got to correct
1: you before you go too far. I've, Andy, I've got, Andy, got another uh, one in my pocket. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Tell, uh, me, tell, it. tell me the other uh, one. Emperor's New Groove. All right. Okay. I'm with you. Hundred percent. You were correct, sir. You
0: were correct. <laughs> wow. You skinnied out. James is what he was almost gonna eat you alive for going Pixar. <laughs> but okay. In your opinion, what is the most underrated Disney animated film? You Not know, I, necessarily the best, but underrated.
4: I find myself talking about this movie every every year for some reason, at least once. Uh, Treasure Planet would have to be one of the most underrated Disney films uh, that you have to stop and remember that actually was Disney. Uh,
0: I, yeah, you know what's funny about Treasure Planet, it, and if you haven't seen it, you you should watch it. It's it's it really it's before its time. Like yeah. the whole, st- it's like a steampunk. Like Disney did steampunk. Yeah. it's like it, it is shocking and and steampunk like maybe 10 years later was like really in vogue for a little bit but it I feel like it was too creative and too ahead of its time (laughs) like it was not at all like kind of the popular fare that Disney does it was like kind of dark and weird steampunk pirates floating in the in space like it was I feel like you know, maybe some of the executives had like a, maybe a retreat where they had, you know, a little <laughs> bit of some greenery and they got a little, uh, they were a little bit uh, in the clouds. And they're like, dude, you know, it'd be hilarious if we just like have this crazy pirate ship that like floats and it's like the future, but it's made out of like old stuff. And then it's like, everyone's like an alien, but they're also humans.
4: That movie though, i sure is extra special for me. And the reason how I'm able to remember it's Disney is I actually saw that when it came out at the downtown Disney uh, AMC. Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: That, that's something that, you know, our show, we have, uh, we have a, almost 20 years spanning our production team and age. Um, and there are things where we'll be talking, I think during our tech rehearsal, what was there's oh, There was like a an old like McDonald's commercial from the mid nineties yeah. that I was referencing. And Jake and Amanda like, yeah, we weren't alive. It was like 10 years before we were alive uh, when that uh, was going. So it is funny when that used to, we're starting to have those experiences. What Disney character best
4: represents
0: your personality?
4: I think I'm gonna go back to Cusco's from Emperor's New Groove as the Llama. Interesting. <laughs> You're a Cusco. Yeah, that, I can yeah, see I'm, that actually. Yeah.
0: I can see that. I feel like your your journey in entertainment is like they continually turned you into a donkey. They,
1: uh, what it is. <laughs> uh, what it is. I, <laughs> I was I was gonna guess Timon from uh, the Lion King. Oh. <laughs> you, you give the is Timon vibe. Is that a compliment vibe. or an insult? No, no, I, 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 I it love I Timon. I love Timon. Timon. Are you kidding me? Timon's the man.
4: You're I'll good. take yeah. that. Uh, oh, that I would should have said that. He's also. Yeah, uh, that is that is good. Okay,
0: what is your favorite is Disney parks ride or attraction?
4: Honestly, I think I'm gonna say the bench in front of uh, <laughs> the castle. <laughs> Uh, my favorite. <laughs> next uh, so it, no, mickey it's not in the, that is the oh. most comfortable
0: <laughs> bench that has to be that, the w- most hilarious like who i've never heard someone say a bench like at all the disney parks with the most incredible rides and attractions just the bench i just want to sit <laughs> and that is amazing
1: that that uh, is called yeah. riding the pine
0: what is your least favorite Disney parks ride? I
1: think soaring out
4: over California is mine.
0: No. Favorite. Okay. Yes! I am. Oh, no. What? I with me i like that
4: ride. Yeah. What? No. Hold yes! on. Okay. Ugh! Okay.
0: I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I'm not going to do what, uh, what I said James does, but you have floored <sighs> me. I was so close <laughs> to pulling a James. And that's also hilarious that James would agree with you on I that. I hate that because ride because to me that is the most <laughs> wonderful, enjoyable ride. I was that's arguably my
4: There's favorite. There's nothing ride. Disney about that ride. Yeah, kinda it's it's my amazing. opinion. It's, it's
0: just uh, isn't
3: delightful. it like the is that like the Soarin' equivalent of California? It,
4: well,
0: it's gone yeah, it's, now. It's it, the same it, thing, but it, yeah. Soarin' over oh, California is, is gone now. That was the original. Now it's Soarin' Around the World.
1: Okay, uh, and I Disney. feel so vindicated with everyone in my family because I hate that ride. And I feel like <laughs> you that's know, hold like hold on. The Actually, the you know what? Ride. Okay,
0: here we go. To, to end the live show, <laughs> uh, I am going to put it on the poll.
1: Uh, we are going to put it on the poll. Do you like Soarin' Around the World? <laughs> So, so, Justin, what is your favorite Disney song? And it could be animated. It could be live action. It could be. Yeah. His-
4: um, you know, as much as I don't want to like it, there was a song that was in the most recent uh, Frozen, Frozen 2 where she's mm-hmm. talking about the unknown. Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, Into the Unknown.
4: Yeah. It's unfortunately it. very catchy. And <laughs> I find myself singing it every once in a while. And I haven't seen that movie since it came out. <laughs> but I find myself. <laughs> with that in my head. So, oh, I take uh, it back. Actually, no, 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 Here's my favorite <laughs> song. Um, there is a, carous- a carousel of progress. Uh, there's a song that they all sing, saying it's a great, beautiful A oh, great, tomorrow. big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> shining at to the end yeah. of every day. <laughs> yeah, that is my favorite, yeah. Nice, that's a I, great I, choice. Uh, <laughs> uh, what gives you purpose? Oh, that's not a Disney question. <laughs> <laughs> um at the end of the day um for me at least you know i think the lord put me on this earth to entertain others um i really do and i think that for me my purpose is to make sure that that's happening in some way shape or form so whether that's in front of the camera behind the scenes or simply amongst friends uh making someone else feel that warmth that love that ability of escapism from all of life's many issues. Um, so I think that, yeah, my purpose is definitely, uh, I'm, I'm here to entertain, you know, and and to be a part of an industry that, that does that for so many. And so, um, and I think everyone in this chat can agree that that's why what part of their purpose is as well. And so whether it's from, you know, doing a project that no one's probably going to see to, uh, Doing a big show that everyone's gonna see I mean the the purpose is still the same you know and so we're here to provide joy and so um, I thought that's helpful (laughs) that's That's beautiful that's you know what honestly
0: that was fantastic Uh, and uh, no I love it great beautiful beautiful so we are this is the end of uh, the main show we are going, everyone stay in the Zoom. We're going to do the after party. You're going to answer those audience Q&A, and a easy for me to say, audience Q&A <laughs> questions. Uh, and we're going to pray that Luke just stops interrupting me
1: because again, <laughs> Luke, it's
0: rude, it's rude. I don't know. God, Luke.
1: Are we doing the drawing for the for this part? Yes. Or is it, yeah, okay. we're
0: going to do the drawing. We're going to do the We're going to do the raffle. We're going to do the poll, the poll. And we are going to do the audience Q&A in the after party. So our live audience, stick around ben. for the after party. If you are listening right now or watching on YouTube in the future, Thank you so much for watching. Stick around for for the thrilling after party next Wednesday. Uh, But until then, my name is David Studebaker. We are the unofficial Disney Tonight Show. See you soon.